Hello, this is the Persian Breakfast Club, and my name is Ali. In a moment, you'll hear a discussion I had with Kayvon about the 1991 American film Not Without My Daughter. The film tells the purportedly true story of an American woman who must save her daughter from the clutches of her Iranian husband after he attempts to forcefully resettle them to Tehran a few years after the 1979 revolution. I mispronounced the word ululating multiple times during the conversation, but in spite of this, I hope you can enjoy. actually here today 40 minutes in why are we here we're here to talk about the 1991 american drama film not without my daughter which is actually based on a book of the same title the movie is directed by brian gilbert i don't know who the fuck that is it seems like he stopped directing movies in 2005 but it's a movie starring sally field and alfred molina Alfred Molina as an Iranian man, Sayyid Buzurg Moody Mahmoudi, and Sally Field as Betty Mahmoudi, his white, seemingly Christian. Uh, Karen. Karen. His Karen, Karen wife. And, and the story that the film and the book depict are the story of a family, the Mahmoudis, who are living in Michigan. Yeah, Moody, who's played by Alfred Molina, he's a doctor. He's an Iranian-American. He left Iran 20 years prior to when the film is taking place, which is in, it's in those like early four or five years after the revolution. His daughter is named Mahtub. She's probably, what, five years old? I don't know how old she is in the movie. She's small. She's small. <laughs> yeah, that's how we understand children in this show. Okay, before we go on with the with the story of the movie, I, I want to talk about uh, when it came out. It comes out in, in January 1991, during the end of the Cold War, the fall of the Soviet Union, which seems pretty convenient because it, it's right when the, the focus of the United States turns south to the Middle East and to Islam. It's definitely part of the transition from Cold War mania to around-the-clock discussion of terrorists in the Middle East. There was a lot, a lot of hostility, I think, in popular American culture toward Iranians after the, the hostage crisis. What, whether this was planned, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I mean, it was planned in the sense that they were, they were trying to, to capitalize on, on the moment. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be an accident of the era that it's released in. Is there anything else you wanted to say before we play maybe the trailer for the movie, which is, if I recall correctly, it's about two minutes long? No, let's let's go ahead and play that. You always sit on daddy's lap. Well, it's my turn. You always sit on daddy's lap. Don't fight over me, girl. You know, I was born in Prussia. Well, they call it Iran now. Moody, it scares me. All I want to do is go for two weeks with you and Matab and visit my family. In 1984, Betty Mahmoudi's husband took her and her daughter to Iran to meet his family. This all changed. He swore they would be safe. I know it's a different culture. I just don't understand it. He swore they would be happy. He swore they'd be coming home soon. Sweetheart, you haven't packed anything. You want me to do it for you? No. He lied. I don't know how to say this to you. We're not going back, we're staying here. I want us to live in Iran. What, are you crazy? We're Americans, your daughter's an American. I know it's the right decision if you just give it a chance. No, I won't stay here, you can't keep me. Are you listening? You're in my country now. You're my wife. You do as I say, you understand me? If you marry an Iranian man, you automatically become an Iranian citizen. I've told you before, you don't touch the phone and you don't leave the house. The laws regarding women are very strict. It is your duty to tell your husband everything. You cannot have secrets. You have no rights to the children. I'll be with you. I'll 
help you. If they catch you trying to escape with your daughter, they could execute you. There are three principal ways out of evil. I promise you I won't leave you. You'll never see my father again. Do you understand me? Dear Lord, hear our prayer. Please help us leave Iran and get back to America. Please let nothing separate us. And keep us always safe in your care. We must go now. Metro Goldwyn Mayer proudly presents Academy Award winner Sally Field in the terrifying true story of a mother and her daughter whose only crime was being American. I love my baby! Not without my daughter. So as you see from the trailer, this is a happy family. They're living in the United States. They're living in Michigan. Um, all seems to be jasmine and sunshine. Where does, how does the film begin? All right. So the first part of the movie begins in Michigan in a beautiful house. They're in America. Everything is fine. Moody is a wonderful father. Uh, literally the first scene, they're just at a pristine lake, which is right where their house is. I don't to know how these people lived in real life, but they don't live in, a par- in an apartment. They don't live in an urban area. They live in the beautiful half suburban, almost rural part of Michigan. Yes. They can just go on the lake whenever they want. There's beautiful music playing. It really reminds me of like a horror movie. I don't know, before like the evil clown shows up yeah. or something. Like it just shows how great life is. And, you know, there might be some stuff bubbling under the surface. But the town is beautiful and like the kids are playing outside and the evil hasn't shown its face yet. It also has kind of an aesthetic that really is characteristic of like 80s and 90s movies. You know, they always open with like scenery of people fishing and on a lake. Um, yes. And and then Mel Gibson shows up for some reason. He bought all this fishing equipment and a book on how to fish. He's had her out there every day for a month. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, Not if it's a choice between your lemonade and my fishing, I know where I stand. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the family seems to be really happy. You learn pretty quickly that Moody is is a doctor. He is also a great father. He, he... He's a loving, doting father. Not only that, he also doesn't appear to be religious at all. There's no mention of, of religion. No, he drinks whiskey or oh, he right, drinks yeah. what, what appears to be some kind of liquor, brown liquor. Yeah, yeah you know, there's a scene uh, where where he's reading to his, his daughter, to Mahtab, and Mahtab asks, Dad, do I hate Americans? And he says, no, you don't. We're as American as apple pie. So this is a guy who's fully assimilated into the culture. He doesn't have an accent either, let's just say. He doesn't have an accent. He does look, Alfred, let's be real, Alfred Molina could be Iranian insofar as Yeah, I mean, so could like many Southern Italians could be Iranian, but that doesn't, for the the purpose of this film, let's just believe that he's Iranian. He's white passing, right? And he doesn't have an accent. Yeah, so he doesn't have an there's accent. There's nothing that would, you know, make him targeted unless he went out of his way, which he does, to appear Iranian. Uh, <laughs> and let's just say this is the scene that radical. It's a very quick introduction. They don't yes. spend a lot of time in America. He's great. Everything is great until one day he's radicalized. And that happens because he's at work. He's a doctor. I'm sure he's making good money. He lives in a wonderful house. But he's sitting at lunch in the break room of the office. And there's two. There's a billiard table. Doctors. In there's the a, yeah. There's a billiards table. It's like a frat <laughs> house for some reason at, at the yeah. doctor's office. There's a billiards table. There's two doctors wearing lab coats, but they're playing pool. <laughs> and they notice that Moody is reading a Persian newspaper because he's got to keep up with the news in, in Iran. Yeah. How how did he get that paper? He brought it from home. I said, yeah. Actually, I don't know. Where do they even subscribe to <laughs> yeah, that? Like, uh, I guess they I don't have the thinking- internet back. Yeah, I was thinking that, like, were they circulating Farsi uh, newspapers? Also, those guys wouldn't even know that it was Farsi. They immediately recognize that it's Persian. But if it was real life, they would just assume it's Arabic. And this this is what the movie thinks, like, racism is. It's people... Just making, like, stupid jokes uh, under their breath, like you're in high school, uh, just about your, your race. And that's it. Like, everything else is fine. Your life is fine. 
you go home, every, you're getting great money, but like occasionally you're going to hear some bad jokes. Yeah. And that's, and that's wh- the problem. What are the jokes they're making? Okay. So first they say Iran is uh, praying themselves back to the stone age. That's the line they open with. About the Iranians prayed themselves right back into the stone age. They say that uh, doctors in Iran don't even bother to try to help their patients because they're just going to go to heaven anyway if they die. Tolo's got some great ideas about medicine. Soldier gets wounded in the field, just let him die. He's going to go to paradise anyway, right? Certainly. Uh, Which is interesting for two reasons. First of all, I mean, it's, of course, the same in Christianity that they believe in heaven. So I don't know why these guys operate on their patients. But then the second funny thing about that is that the movie actually, this is supposed to be bad, right? I think this is like the one instance of Americans doing something maybe a little mean. But the movie agrees with this opinion because later on it shows a bunch of kids in a kind of a ham-fisted way that that they're going to, they're being recruited to become martyrs uh, on the front lines during the Iran Iraq war. So like this is the movie actually does think that they just don't care and they're going to let people die because they're going to go to heaven anyway, but you're not supposed to say that in front of, in front of him. You know, that's just, that's that's a very astute observation. Actually, I didn't make that connection. I just kind of interpreted that later scene as, Oh, this is, you know, this is the, portrait of Iran that they're really trying to shove down people's throats. For the war, they take them younger and younger, 12 years old some of They give them plastic keys to paradise made in Taiwan and tell them that they'll go straight to heaven if they die for their country. They use them sometimes to clear the minefields. Children run across the field and get blown to pieces. But actually, that's not even the worst thing that they say, though. They end it with this line, which is that the Persian script is so bad that it looks like their handwriting. And of course, doctors are notoriously, they have bad handwriting. So right, like their that's the thing that really pushes Moody over the edge. He's like, I'm going to ju- become a, a soldier for Islam, is uh, that the handwriting is, is bad. Which is kind of funny also, because I don't think that's even a common opinion among Americans. Like, calligra- like Persian calligraphy and like, you know, Arabic letters, they look nice. Like, I don't think people generally even think they look bad. This is just yeah, one weird the, doctor. Even racist ex- exoticize Iranian script or Farsi script, Arabic script. So, you know, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to say as racist. And it's weird for Moody to even be offended by that. So especially because they're just saying that their own handwriting is bad also. So it's like, right, right. So that's, that's the best they could come up with. They're like, what, what do Iranians experience? Like, what's the worst thing they could experience? And it's that in the, yeah. in that fucking time period, like right now, I don't think there's really much anti-Iranian sentiment, like among, you know, just random people on the street, like noticing yeah. someone is Iranian. I could imagine that that existed back then, but I don't think it was, it was like this, you know, this is absurd. No, I mean, I but, think it was a lot more virulent and vitriolic. And it probably wasn't in, in the doctor's office also. <laughs> That's the other thing. See the newspaper over there? Yeah, the Iranian funny page. Yeah. How can you read that thing, man? Christ, it's not even written in words. It looks like one of my prescriptions. Yeah, this seems to be a, a scene where things kind of pivot on or hinge on because he closes his paper and he gets up and leaves. And then you see him sitting outside his house, listening to some kind of operatic music and just staring at the lake and being depressed. Yeah. And then uh, Sally Field comes out and says, what's what's wrong, honey? And she's always wearing this fucking cross. You know, it's very visible in the film. Yes. Uh, which I think, you know, is the, the filmmakers attempt to remind you of how much these cultures are really religiously cra- clashing, not just politically, but this is the fault of Islam, which is this progressive, backwardly religion versus Christianity, which is extremely progressive and feminist. Um, <laughs> but, There's you know, no problems. Yeah. She's like, what's wrong? And he's like, oh, you know. The, some some people were racist uh, at the hospital. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it sounds a like grown what, man. Yeah, it sounds like from what what they talk about that this is not the first time this has happened. No, he's been getting they, bullied. Basically, he's just the loser who gets bullied at work. That's really yeah, the so, main issue in his and life. And they've been hopping around quite a bit, you know, just trying to find like the most rural hospital for him where he does, you know, which is kind of funny. Like, why is why are they moving to rural Michigan? Michigan, if they're trying to get away from racism, you know. Yeah. And then the scene, I'm fairly confident the scene where he's reading to his daughter, uh, he's reading Aladdin to his daughter takes place. Mm-hmm. It's after 
you know, Moody and Sally Field talking about how he was <laughs> he was racially abused and by fifty year old uh, doctors. By fifty year old doctors, and then the daughter asked Daddy, "Do we hate Americans?" And again, he's reading Aladdin, which is so on the nose, but uh, but he says, "No, we're as I'm sure Americans. it's good though." I'm sure, I mean, I love Aladdin, uh, but w- what he also says to his daughter is, I'm actually from Persia. It's called Iran now, but we have deserts and mountains and mosques that dazzle the eye. Do you want to see those things? So, you know, he's already kind of putting into motion the project of brainwashing the kid to go back to yeah. Iran with them. You know, Iran's got caves and mountains and deserts, just like in the story. And mosques, they're so beautiful, they're like jewels. You know, when the sun shines on them, they dazzle your eyes. The following day, he's having a very heated argument on the phone. And the Farsi, by the way, this... Okay, this, we, we're going to have to talk about the Farsi in this movie. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, I don't think it's actually... I mean, there are words that they utter in Farsi. They, like, say hello and goodbye. And, <laughs> yes. like, you know, she's lying or he's lying. And they sound vaguely familiar. You know, they're like bits and pieces that you can pick out. But most of the dialogue just sounded like gibberish to me. No, there is no like there is not one time in this movie where a character says a sentence in Farsi. It's just individual words. And then this is how they get around having like conversations where nobody says a sentence is people are immediately start yelling over each other. The the Persian speakers, they immediately start yelling over each other. But even then, they reach a conclusion if they're trying to have an argument or something. But they just kind of do it like through hand motions or they, they all have the same opinion, which is like the opinion of Islam. And therefore, it's like a hive mind. So like they don't really have to have conversations. They just kind of yell. They, they get their, their inner, their energy, their chaotic energy out. And then they, they start doing what they were going to do. I'm sure that they didn't expect any Persian speakers to uh, watch this movie or they didn't care. Uh, that wasn't right. the goal. So it just doesn't matter. As long as they kind of look like they're doing something, you know, yelling at each other, which is, of course, how everybody in the Middle East talks, then it's fine. Yes. That representation of how people talk um, in the Middle East, especially in Iran, is pretty accurate. There's, a, you know, like there's a lot of yelling. We're not supposed, and... to, we're not supposed to say that, Kayvon. We're, we're not supposed to say that. But, you know, we, yes, like, there is, okay, we do yell. tend to we be do yell. Very, very loud. Um, but but you Americans know, are loud, too. It's just it's part of the territory. It's not because of Islam. Right. Uh, which is how yeah. the movie would the movie would have you believe. And OK, okay but, but right before but, they go to Iran. Yes. Um, he seems to be maybe, having a conversation with his sister. Yeah, Moody is talking to one of his family members, and, and he decides that he needs to bring his daughter. His daughter's never been to Iran. He's never seen met the family. The family can't come here. They're they're too. Uh, they don't really know how to get to America. The, he has to go there, and he has they would to bring, get lost. Um, they would get lost. Uh, they probably jump out of plane because they haven't. Yeah, seen they're one probably, of those. Yeah, yeah. they never. Yeah, Matov. He, wa- he wants to bring Matov to meet the family, and of course, Betty has to come too. But Betty is too scared because of the war. And, you know, all the stuff that's going on over there, you know, Islam and all that. She doesn't say it, but that's the implication. And Moody reassures her by swearing on the Quran. That's his thing. He swears on the Quran. He, he takes out the Quran, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's like, uh, he makes an oath. He's like, I'm going to bring you back safe and sound. Yeah. Uh, that's my, oath. which is really weird because, like, imagine you, you, like, how little do you have to trust your your husband, your husband to, yeah. to make him swear that you're just going to, you're not going to, like, kill them. You're not going to bring them to a, a lair. I swear to you, on the sacred Quran, that you won't be in any danger, that we'll be back after two weeks, and that I wouldn't do anything to jeopardize yours or Matab's safety. Also, you know what's in, what just occurred to me? That Betty could have so easily said during those early conversations about going around where they're negotiating if they should or not. She could just be like, hey, there's a war going on with Iraq. I don't want to die um, before we touch down. You know, I don't want like the rock. That's a very reasonable thing. I have to say that is a reasonable thing. It doesn't seem Islamophobic to be like, I don't want to bring my daughter to a country. No, but, you know, there's a lot of vague speak about why she's scared to go to Iran, you know, where, where she could just explicitly say, yeah, there's a war, and I don't want to. I don't want to take our daughter to Iran right now. Nonetheless, yes. none of that is anyway. The, she, he swears on the Quran, so of course that's the most important thing. Next scene, they're they're touching down in the plane. They're walking out of the airport, 
And I think, I don't know if you saw the latest Dune movie. Have you seen it? I have seen the Dune movie. Yeah, I really think, I'm not just saying this as a joke, I really think the scene of them walking out of the airport is so similar to the scene of Paul arriving at Arrakis. Like, it's like almost, mm. I think this movie, I, I almost wish that the, the one in Dune was, was more similar to this uh, in how Orientalist uh, it is because it's just so over the top. But it's very similar in the sense that, you yeah. know, there's, as soon as they walk out of the, the airport, uh, there's like these women wearing chador, which if you don't know, chador yes. is like the Iranian version of like the, the most religious uh, covering that a woman can wear. It's like a black I don't know, blanket. Uh, it doesn't cover the face, but it covers the rest of the body. And they're yeah. all wearing this chador. There's like 30 family members in addition to like random people with guns on the street. Moody's family, there's at least 30 of them. And the women are all like ululating, like... Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, they're crying. And they're all just like so, they're so emotional, like just to see him arrive. Yes, and, men uh, they, and women. They, men, the men also, of course. The men yes. are also very emotional. There's a lot <laughs> of hugging and kissing going on. They're all on. hugging. They're, there's like, you don't even know what's going on, like who's yeah. standing where. Uh, they all surround him. And uh, the men, I assume, uh, they none of them are wearing ties. Of course, they're all wearing, because I think Moody in America, he's wearing a tie. But when he gets to Iran, the tie yes, is off. Yes, he is. Yes. Because uh, if you don't know, the, the tie was seen as a Western garment during the revolution. Uh, because it points today. at the penis. Yes, because of, because of uh, what it's is the alpha of uh, yes. Yeah, it point, it's a penis. What is it? Penis? Uh, the proud, he's proud of his penis or something. You can't be proud. You have what to be What are you talking modest. about? There's that account on Twitter, Alpha Rivolino. He does the thing where the lines, where if it's like two, a couple standing one of them has to be like leaning uh, towards oh, the, if one right, of them is leaning right. toward the other one, that means they're the, they're the beta in the relationship. And then he also right. has one about uh, your cock has to be facing the world if you're a man. And if you're a woman, your oh, pussy has to, be, has to be hidden from the world. So if you, anyway, hmm. it's probably a similar uh, theory for the, for the tie. Um, yeah. They all, oh, they all surround that, him. One thing that I want to discuss, wh- where are they in Iran? Um, well, I mean, I think the, they're, they're in Tehran. But they get out and there are palm trees on the horizon. So I thought maybe this is a family that's based out of the south, but I think it's supposed to be Tehran. No, it's because definitely they, supposed yeah, to be Yeah, yeah, because they have shots of Tehran as they leave the airport. Well, they're not actually in Tehran, the shots. No, but I mean, the shots are of what's supposed to be Tehran. Yeah, but there is no like monument. It's not like uh, historical footage of Tehran. Is I assume it's it's filmed in this. These scenes are filmed in Israel, and they just put like posters of Khomeini on the yeah, street. Yeah, actually, we we should have looked into where the film is. Um, is the film made. was filmed in Israel and Turkey? Oh, okay. And of course, uh, somewhere in America for the for the first scenes. So they're supposed to be in Tehran, and I have to say they they do an okay job of, of it, except for the palm trees. I think like you know the posters look legit, posters of Khomeini. And yes, I guess if this is filmed in Israel, like the streets in Israel are not the architecture is not so unlike Tehran architecture uh, in colors at least, and uh, yeah, how, how I mean, grimy you know, it seems. The, that's a people that's reputed for stealing things. So it <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, not not shocking. Okay, so they arrive at Moody's sister's house where. Wait, no, no, no we're not. We're we're not there yet. We, there's a, a drive to the house. Oh, and I think yes, it's a very yes, interesting there's a drive. drive. Yes, so, the drive. So so before that, so the family and they all they all come up to them. They're all very excited. They're excited to see Moody, and they're excited to see the daughter to, to turn her to a Muslim. They haven't revealed this yet, but they're yeah. not nice to Betty at all. Like they're very rude, they're very curt, which is so unlike. They're very cold. Uh, Iranian distant, Iranians. Yes. Like uh, this is not just Iranians, but like people in this area in general. I've seen like Western journalists visit the Taliban like during yes. the war, and like those people are, are the Taliban is is so inviting to them. They, they serve them tea. These people are, are so rude to Betty, and it's so unlike. Yes. This is very. It's completely fake. Like this. It, yeah, I'm it, sure this is not how it went down. No, uh, but that's how could, they that's how they show the the Iranians. I mean, if 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 for anything, they, she would have been an object of fascination, you know. Absolutely, um, but yeah. she like as soon as they walk out of the airport, everyone rushes toward Alfred Molina. They grab the daughter away. There's of course this really awkward thing that 
is joked about during those early greetings where someone says Mahtab looks like she could be the child of the sister and the brother. Yeah, not you. No, you're not part of this. Hmm? Not not Betty. I mean, no, they're not telling Betty. Betty that because they're talking to Betty. They're like, your your daughter looks fully Iranian. Yeah. She doesn't have your looks at all. She's one of yeah. us. Yeah, she looks like. I mean, I think, but the insinuation there is that, like, oh, look, these people fuck their own. It's that's possible. Yeah, that's not how I read it, but I, I can certainly see that. It's very weird. Anyway, it's not something anybody would say. Yeah, and it's then they walk weird. to the car, and the sister Ambozor opens the trunk and gives <laughs> Betty a gift, <laughs> yeah. something wrapped in a paper. Yeah, like and, a and piece she very, of very rudely very, hands it to her. Yeah, very uncolorful paper. It's just like you know, like I don't know, just like brown paper. She just bought it. There's a, she didn't yeah. like gift wrap or anything. It was just, just the paper it came with. Uh, and of course, it's a chador. And right. she says, you have to wear this. No, uh, it's not a chador. It's, a, it's not? It's a manteau. It's, the, okay. it's like the raincoat, you know, that okay. you In have any to case, wear. it's, it's yeah. much more uh, modest than the one that she's wearing anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, she's like, you have to wear this. Right. Don't really, they don't really explain to her why she has to wear it. Alfred Molina uh, Moody, he, he quickly says, oh, you know, this is how it is now. You know, things have it changed. It's a gift. It's yeah. a gift. She, he says it's very nice quality fabric. Right. Uh, things have changed. And then he just like leaves her alone and goes away. And, you know, I'm not sure. I don't know. Because right now in Iran, you could definitely get away with what she wears in, in Tehran. Yes. You could easily get away with with showing hair, with with all these things. Back I then, mean, it, it might have been more strict. So that, that I don't you know. know. I'm not sure. My mom has always told me that, like, you know, in those Years during the war, she often went to work in very revealing, you know, like she wasn't like wearing like mini skirts, but like, you know, that like people weren't like, you know, closely regulating what. Yeah, um, I'm sure like it you didn't have on, to cover on where you head. were. Yes, yes. But, you know, in the capital, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. We but weren't also, around, she, so who knows? She's a white American. Like, I, she doesn't look Iranian. Yeah. Who would have gotten away with it? And they say that usually that the film recognizes that. And Moody says, I guess they must have thought you were Iranian when she's called yeah. out for it. In any case, she gives them the chador. They get in the car. And then this is funny. As they're driving, there's just like dozens of women like surrounding their car, doing the the ululating again. And it's almost, I think, like Moody, it's like Khomeini has returned. Like that's how they treat Moody. It's it's mm. crazy how excited they are to see him. I don't know why. I guess the family is just in love with him, even though he hasn't been there for a decade. And then they arrive, they open the door. And as soon as they open the door, what's on the ground? A lamb being sacrificed right there in that moment they don't even right. there's no explanation i've never seen anything like this uh that a lamb would be sacrificed uh, when you open the car door as you leave they don't you know, sacrifice I mean, him like that no i've I never have, seen i've seen a lamb being sacrificed or at least being yeah. butchered i don't know but i've never seen anything like this they and, don't, and, and <laughs> Matt you don't step out into a pool of blood yeah <laughs> yeah there's it's not a red carpet that you're no, supposed to watch that's not a, so yeah, that's um, not a of course, you know, this is this is an evil thing. You know, uh, it's not like eating meat anywhere else. This is really a, an evil way to to kill a, a lamb. So Betty comes out uh, of the car, and then they're like, "You have to step over this lamb." Uh, Manitoba is crying. Moody doesn't even bother to like try to console her. He, he's just like, "This is what we do here. Like, you got to do it." He does say we feed the meat to the, to the poor. Oh, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's a good. It's for a good cop. Yeah. It's horrific the way we're doing this, but like it's for a good cause. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and then they cut to like the woman, uh, you know, chanting around the the lamb. It's it's like a fucking crazy ritual, right? And then like one of them has like an esfand, which is a how do you describe it? It's like some kind of incense that they use yeah, in Iran to like ward off evil spirits. I mean, it's like a folk uh, tradition, and uh, they're doing that outside on the street for some reason, and that's how they that's how they that's their welcome to Iran. Their way of saying welcome. It's a great honor. They give the meat to the poor. Honey, honey, we have to step over it. It's a custom. It's expected. Just take him to me. So then it cuts to them. And at, at home, there, I guess Moody has immediately started praying. There's, you know, no real grass shift towards him becoming Muslim. He just starts praying when he arrives. Islam is sort of like being a zombie in this movie. Like being Muslim is like being a zombie. Him arriving in Iran is like joining the hive, joining the, the zombie mind or an insect or a zombie. Like it, it's really how being Muslim is portrayed. 
Yeah. And there's no shift. There's no like him thinking. There's no ideology. It's just like a switch that flips and he, and he becomes this way. And it's actually funny that scene where Betty asks, asks him, why are you praying so much? Uh, can you chill on the praying? Because I'm trying to sleep. Yeah, what does he say? He says that his family are say it, so put some respect on his family. I say it is a descendant of Muhammad, which I'm not really sure yes. how he figured that out. But uh, <laughs> that's, you know, that's, his, that's his reply. Honey, you've been getting up early every morning for a week and a half. Don't do oh, What's the matter with you? With my family. They're sayers. You know what that means? They're direct descendants of Muhammad. They deserve a little respect. Oh, of course, to the sophisticated American, that must all seem so incredibly primitive. The scene that got both of us quite excited is where they, they go out on the town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're showing Short. Betty around. Yeah, and you see all these murals with the images of, of the martyrs, people who were dying in the war during that time, and Khomeini. And lo and behold, the fucking culture police shows up. Yes. And it's just a, basically a pickup truck with a woman in the passenger seat and a bunch of guys, and they rush toward Betty. They all have AK-47s. They all have AK-47s. The music, it's, it's, the music changes dramatically. It becomes like the yes. 80s like horror film uh, soundtrack all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, you know, these animals are about to just tear this poor, hapless woman to, to pieces. and they all, they all run up to Betty. Yeah, and everyone is trying to intermediate, and they're like, you know, you gotta, you gotta cover, you gotta cover, cover, yeah. um, cover, cover. And, and the guy who's driving them around, who's a family member of Moody's, gets Moody's very upset. Cousin. Yeah. yeah, gets very upset and animated. So, so actually, um, so Moody is trying to just be diplomatic about it. He's, he's trying, trying to, to, say, to like, diffuse the situation. They didn't know that you were American. Like they mistook you for an Iranian, and they were too strict on you. But then, yeah, the brother shows up and what does he say? He says, every hair that you show is a dagger in the heart of martyrs, which is just so comically delivered as a line because it's really no funny. One, it's really no funny. one. Th- no one thinks that. Honey, I'm sorry. They didn't know you were a foreigner. If they had known, they wouldn't have been so harsh. A bit of hair fell out of you. I know, I know. Look, honey, you got to be careful. They're very strict about the dress code here. You must cover all. You must not be careless. Every single hair that is not covered is like a dagger that you aim at the heart of our martyrs. But yeah, the portrait of Iranians during this era of history is always of these very animalistic, angry people who are just rude to Americans mm-hmm. and to Westerners. Which is kind of funny general. because it's it's how I perceive the American attitude towards Iran yes. at this time, right? Yes. And they're just flipping it over and they're being like, actually, that's them. And that's how they treat us. I don't know. I Just from having like, you know, grown up in the 90s in Iran, I don't recall people hating Americans in this way that's portrayed in the film. No. And, and certainly yeah, today I, they don't. It's not no. even close. And then I think this is kind of like, you know, the moment where things really start to crystallize for Sally Field. This is this is a regressive, primitive country mm-hmm. that, you know, Moody's family, they're these zealots that don't respect the rights of women. They certainly are not fond of her as evidenced by the fact that they're extremely rude to her and they don't include her in the way that they act around Moody and Mahtab. I, I don't know if there's anything you want to say before we get to the scene where Moody kind of snaps. Uh-huh. Uh, one thing I will say is that the only, the only thing the family seems to think about her is that uh, they fuck like rabbits. Because they uh, Muslims, they think that it, you, if you take a shower, that means that you must have had sex. And Moody cracks the joke. He's like, uh, yeah, so my family noticed that you shower a lot, and they think that we're fucking all the time. Because that's just how right. stupid they are. Like, they just don't understand why anybody would take a shower. You know, you know they think we make love all the time? Who? The family. Why? <laughs> Well, because here, you know, after they make love, they have to take a shower because, you know, they can't pray unless they do. You know, it's considered unclean. You know, we're taking two or three showers a day. <laughs> oh, God, what, they think we're two rabbits or something? <laughs> I'm not taking another shower the whole time I'm here. You knew that the whole time. I didn't know time. you were such a swinger. <laughs> let's, let's continue to when Moody, when Moody snaps. How this scene starts is that Moody comes clean to Betty. He didn't just get bullied at work. He also got fired. Mm-hmm. And he claims for being Iranian. 
I'm not really sure how that could be possible, but anyway. He smelled too good. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, too much cologne. <laughs> yeah. And, and Betty says, don't worry about it, Moody. We'll appeal. It's America. We've got laws. That's her opinion of how the, the system yeah. works in America is everything. There, nothing bad could happen in employment in America right. because they have laws. Like you can't get wrongfully terminated. Uh, this doesn't happen because they have a law. Of course, in Iran, that could happen, but not, right. not in America. Especially given that she doesn't seem to have ever had a job. No, she doesn't really seem to know what's going on in politics yeah. or the business or any really anything. We're going to go home tomorrow and we're going to find out how this happened. We'll appeal. It's America. We've got laws. Moody also reveals that since he lost his job, he wants to stay in Iran with both of them. And Betty starts reacting like she just saw a ghost. Uh, she starts screaming, no, no, no. And, and then what, instead of like trying to console her, he keeps going. He's like, I want Matab to grow up here. I right. think she should become a Muslim. <laughs> like he's just like making yes. it worse, like as she's freaking out. And then she says, we can't stay here. This is a backwards, primitive country. And then he says, Matab could learn real values here. And he slaps her. And that's when it turns. And that's when it becomes clear well, that. Yes. He slaps her and says, you're in my country now. You listen to me. You know, which is kind of good for him uh, to finally yeah, talk. He is the sentences. protagonist of this movie. There's no doubt about it. As far as it's concerned with, with these characters. So he's an antihero. Let's say that. Uh, he shouldn't have hit her. But uh, not, some of the not stuff in he's my saying book. is that. That's how he, he's putting some sense into this woman. Okay, that's Kayvon's opinion. Uh, my opinion is <laughs> no. that domestic violence is wrong. Okay. <laughs> I, but, but we I, agree that he's the, he's the uh, protagonist. I want us to live in Iran. No. No. There's nothing for me in America. No. What, what are you, crazy? We're Americans. Your daughter's an American. Moody, honey, you're upset about your job and everything. I understand that we're going to go back today and we're going to fix it. I want Matab to grow up here. No! I think she should become a Muslim. No! No! We can't stay here. This is a backward, primitive country. <laughs> so then Betty is like, oh, shit. Like, what have I gotten myself into? I need to find a way out. But he, she realizes that, you know, now she's all alone in this. And so what is her idea of how to convince the family to let her uh, leave and, and, and talk some sense into to Moody? And uh, she realizes that, you know, uh, telling them Iran is bad is not going to work. Right. Right. Uh, so she, right. this is her this is her line. They're all sitting at the sofa and yeah. she she comes she, down. She talks to a room. guy named uh, she comes down and she says Baba Haji, which is one of the guys there. I've never heard of a right. guy named Baba Haji, which is sort of like <laughs> no. I imagine it's like the, the nickname that like a. A soldier, a U.S. soldier would come up with to refer to some like random Afghan contact they have, you know, Baba Haji. And she says, Moody swore on the Quran that he would bring me back safe and sound, like to America. And right. they stop for a moment. They're like, they, they're, they're like thinking, is that bad? Is it bad to swear to lie on the Quran? <laughs> right. And then they all, the entire family starts yelling at the same time. There's no like discussion. They all start yelling. <laughs> That, that they can't, there's no way they could be understanding what they're saying to each other. No. They're all basically saying like, it's okay to lie. It's okay to break a few eggs if you're going to make uh, Islam happen. And then yes. Betty is like, fuck, that was my only option. Like that was my trap card, you know, and I lost it. So Baba Haji, you're a religious man. How can Moody swear on the Quran and then do this to me? that's basically when she becomes a hostage in, in this house. And, and I will say it's not just Moody in this house that's keeping her hostage. It's the entire uh, family, which who knows how many. There's at least 30 people. They, they switch in and out. And they all have a hive mind. If, if one of them sees Betty misbehaving, they all find out. Like there's no personalities between these women or any of these people that, that live yes. in the house. 
they all report back to Moody. They all they are they're all Muslim. They all work for Islam, uh, which is another reason I think this is basically a zombie movie, but just with a Muslim uh, exterior. You think you can do anything in this house without me knowing about it? My family tell me everything. They're watching you all the time, so please don't be stupid. Yes, and then uh, Betty gets very depressed, uh, refuses to talk to Moody, who has fully flipped at this point. Yeah. As far as an American audience of the era are concerned, he is, you know, as jihadi as, as, as someone will get. He's not a drinker. He never wears a tie anymore. He's, he's just a perfect, devout Muslim man who brings Betty her, her food in the room because she's too depressed to, to leave and go downstairs because at this point, he's just not going to let them go back. Betty is on a hunger strike, basically, and Moody yes. shows up and, and he rather than try to console her really in any ways, he comes in, yeah. he just sees that she's depressed. He tries to make her eat. And then he says, wasn't the revolution awesome? I'm so sad I missed it. And then he basically just leaves. And Which is definitely a thing that you say to your wife who is inconsolable and depressed. Wasn't this event that happened like eight years ago the most base thing you've ever seen? Yes. And yeah. he says, this is our faith. I'm glad that we can uh, celebrate it now. Then he leaves. And then Betty takes uh, Mahatab aside and, he, and they take the cross and they, and they pray to Jesus, of course, the real God, that they yes. would get, uh, he would bring them back to America. Dear Lord, hear our prayer. Dear Lord, hear our prayer. Please help us leave Iran and get back to America. Please help us leave Iran and get back to America. After this prayer is when Betty decides to play the long game. She realizes that yes. she can't just like talk sense into anyone. She has to, she has to com comply for a while and then find an out eventually. Yeah. And then, oh, another line that Moody comes in. He basically just shows up to, to say something scary and then leave. <laughs> so he says, uh, he just like shows up and he's like, by the way, uh, we're going to have to get Mahtab some uh, Muslim dress for school, which is obviously like the most horrifying thing. No, I mean, it's not like, you know, people in the United States wear uniforms in school. So I mean, like, I don't think they should wear headscarves, but uh, he doesn't have any. He doesn't talk about it in a, in a human way at all. Like, it's very much I'm just going to say something scary and then I'm going to leave the room. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I think women should cover themselves. Um, <laughs> yes, this is where we we have slightly different opinions yeah, about yeah, women's yeah. role in society. I, I'm on Moody's side. You're on, you know, your team Betty. No, I wouldn't go that far. I'm on... Okay. Uh, <laughs> your team... Uh, okay, we'll get to this, but there's this, like, really uh, woke cleric. Yes, I'm on his side. That's <laughs> definitely who I am. And he just likes to eat. He likes to get free food for being a, a mullah. And uh, he's like, all right, we'll get to him. But this is before that. Betty, she decides, I'm going to go to the Swiss embassy, which is where the American interest section is, because obviously there's no American embassy at this point. And she enters the Swiss embassy after some trouble. She's going there secretly. And she is so happy to see a white woman sitting yes. in that office. Before they even say a word, she's like smiling. Her grin is bigger than her head. Yeah. And uh, she goes up to the woman uh, at, the, at the embassy and she just kind of assumes that she will be able to help her like the, yeah. the, she doesn't even describe what's wrong like she just sits down she's like i'm so glad to see you when are you gonna get me out of here and yes. she's like what the fuck are you talking i don't even know like what's going on like <laughs> i don't do you want to talk about her uh her behavior in this scene the, the, the woman at the embassy so this is this is a swiss woman betty gets very excited as soon as she lays eye on she lays eyes on on this woman and is like you know we're ready to leave my daughter and i were <laughs> Uh, we're happy to stay here as long as we need to. We're so grateful to to have uh, to have access to the embassy now. And the the Swiss woman, you know, God bless her. She's like, "What are you talking about?" Um, <laughs> this is, I think, what she literally says in the movie. She's like, "What are you talking about?" And Betty's like, "Well, are you going to help us leave Iran?" And she's like, "No, you. I have no idea how they have access to all this background information. Like, you know." Presumably, this woman has been talking to like the family of Betty, but she she reveals to Betty that because she's married to an Iranian man, she's an Iranian citizen now, and and she so cannot, is Matab. and so is Matab, and she cannot travel or go anywhere really for that matter, which is completely concocted and fake without the permission of, of her husband. And therefore, for that reason, the Swiss will not be interfering in whatever is going on in this, in this marriage 
because it's just too politically charged and she could be executed if uh, <laughs> if she were to leave Moody and, you know, found with, out. With the daughter. She can leave on her own, but she can't, yeah. Yeah, but if she's... Is she's found out with the daughter trying to leave, they will execute her. Yeah. Which again, I have no idea what law they're they're invoking here. Where if you're discovered with your daughter trying as to, as far escape. as I know, no American woman. Because they, they, this is another thing that happens in this scene: is the woman at the embassy reveals this is the big reveal. Oh, yes. That this is not just Betty that that's suffering. It's happened there to are many. Many American women. This is a this is a problem that the audience has to be aware of. It's like a, it's like Coney 2012 or something. It's like they want people to know this is a problem. Do something about this. There's a it's lot of American women <laughs> who have been tricked into going into Iran by, by sexy Iranian men. There's just so it's many of them. It's a systemic issue. Yeah. We're so glad to see you. We're just very happy to be here. We'll sleep anywhere for as long as it takes until you can get us out. What are you talking about? You cannot stay here. You will have to go back to your husband. But we'll never get out of Iran. We're being held hostage. It was almost impossible to come here. Mrs. Mahmoudi, there are many American women here in similar circumstances. But it also bears mention that Betty Mahmoudi was not the only person who wrote a book like this, that there were a number of books that were coming out during the same era with the very same storyline. And, you know, oftentimes they would use the same ghostwriters to to write these books about yeah. the white woman who's beguiled by the the Persian prince and then uh, taken to Iran and, and trapped. Uh, I wonder as, if the, there's like an erotic version of one of these. I, I wouldn't mind reading a slightly more exciting version. I mean, I was getting excited watching this one. You know, that's, I don't know, that's a wet dream for an Iranian man. I, I want to do that to a white woman, just take him to yeah, Iran. You're really and going trap. off on this. In the first episode, <laughs> you're making a lot of... I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you shouldn't apologize. Okay, fine. I'm not sorry. You know, this is... <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Um, this is this is what I aspire to. I aspire to become yes. this guy. Yeah. So, you know, there are a lot of stories and books like this one within this genre that are being published, which is kind of to like vindicate this narrative that's already been put forth before the audience that, oh, this is not just one woman. You know, there's no. definitely like some kind of system behind all of this. It's very plausible <laughs> that the Iranian regime is doing this to just ensnare and entrap these women. It's funny to me also that Betty is so surprised that American laws don't really apply, even if the laws being presented in this movie are fictitious. She is surprised that the American laws don't apply in Iran. Like, she's like, why can't I just be seen as like an American and do whatever I want? Like, she's just so confused that there would be even this, this road bump for her. a spectacularly stupid person. It's incredible that, yeah, she thinks that like, you know, the United States just has international reach in another country, legally speaking. Which they did. They used to do. That's why they, they had used the revolution. To. <laughs> well, maybe she's a spectacularly uh, erudite person. And she, you know, she was very familiar with the history of Iranian-American <laughs> relations. And she was like, what happened? You know, well, She's I like, I'm just going to wait for the Shah to come back. Then yeah, he'll, he'll yeah. help me out. And then this is when the mullah, the family mullah comes in. Moody is really excited. He's going to get a job. His uncle or something is, is a mullah and he's coming over for dinner. This mullah shows up and he's clearly kind of like a comedic character. He just loves to eat and uh, yeah. he's just chew, chew, talking while chewing the food. He basically seems like he's only there to get free, free food. And then he like notices that Betty is wearing a chador because his Moody made him wear one, made her wear one. And he says, you don't have to wear that. That's like right. overkill. Like chill out with that stuff. You know, like people are being a little too extreme with this. And then he's like, okay. And then he says, but you should go to, to school, to, to Toran school. Yeah. Why you wear Chador? I thought I had to. But why? Chador is Persian tradition. It's not necessary to wear it inside. This is exaggerate with some people now. Yeah, honestly, I wish we saw more. That was a very funny character. It reminds me of the character in uh, in the Lizard of just a mullah being progressive. Oh, for, yes. for some, yeah, yes. when they talk about oh, Pulp Fiction, especially. That's a great movie that we have to cover. On yeah, we this could podcast. do that. But anyway, so then she's at she's at Quran school, and this is where all the American uh, women who have been are being held hostage by their husbands. This is the class they all go to. Apparently, she meets one that is also from Michigan, another white woman, 
And she's very excited to meet her. She's like, oh, wow, like another one of me. And she says, let's have a play date. I'm going to go over to your house. And that's when she finds out that this woman has completed her brainwashing, right? Right. And how do you right. find that out? Because she, Betty asks her, do you really like living here? Like, what, what's the deal? And, and she says, Islam has such beauty in it. I'm right. glad my kids are Muslim. Yes. And that basically reveals that, like, she's completely brainwashed. Like, she doesn't know what she's saying. She's, yeah. Uh, she's a zombie. Was he violent? Not in the States, never. They're not supposed to, you know. It's not Islamic. Marriages do work out here. They can be good. It's been hard for me at times, but you've got to give it time, Betty. Islam has such beauty in it. I mean, I'm glad my kids are growing up as Muslims. Betty is like, okay, well, you're crazy, but since you're a white woman, like, I can confide in you. And she says, I'm going to give you this letter. Uh, what, what's the letter saying? I'm not, I'm not entirely I have sure. no idea, to be honest with you. I think the, she wants her to send the letter to her parents or take it to the embassy, maybe. Yeah. I think that's what it yeah. is. Yeah. She's like, all right, you do it. Like, I don't want to get in trouble again. Yeah. Send this letter for some reason. And she's like, but promise me you won't tell anyone. Right. And she's like, okay. And uh, this is when uh, she's making some more plans. She goes to the bazaar and she's trying to figure out, like, how the money works so she can use the telephone. Uh, she wants to figure out like some keywords, like what the signs mean. He's plan right. She's starting to plan her grand escape. And right. then she meets the first Iranian who's good in the movie. Right. Uh, do you want to talk about him? Yeah. Uh, she meets this guy who, who's a merchant. He sells shirts. He sells shirts and he wears a tie. He wears a tie. So he's definitely a relic of an era that clearly the country has, has put behind. He offers her uh, the phone. And, you know, again, when I'm watching this, I'm always like, oh, is he going to like try and rape her or something? Because like up to this point, all the Iranian men we've been introduced to are just evil and morally oh, corrupt. Not just men, right? every single everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the men in particular, person. you know, they're yes, like that's, physically that's violent. You know, she uses the phone, but he overhears her and I think he just becomes somewhat sympathetic to her cause. Well, this is why, because he likes America. Well, yes. I mean, he likes he America. Said, he says, I like America very much. That's one of the first lines. He likes burgers and yeah. that's why he's going to help. Which is like, honestly, actually the kind of person that you expect to meet in Iran. Oh, that's like every person in Iran. Yeah, I mean, every, like, not literally, but like considerable most people, amount of people. Yeah, are like that, who are like, oh, we love America, you know, this, uh, whatever. Like, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll smuggle you out of the country. Yeah. But yeah, like a friendship begins to brew, right, between them. And it becomes very clear that he is going to play some kind of role in helping her escape. My name is Hamid. Anytime for telephone, you come here. No problem. Thank you. I like America very much. Then, so what happens next is the American woman that Betty had met at Quran school, uh, she sees her again, but this time she has some kind of injury on her face. Yeah, she has a big gash on her lip. And yeah. it's very clear that her husband had attacked her. And why did she, why did she get hit? Because... She revealed to the husband that Betty had given her a letter. Right. Uh, now, I don't know why the husband would attack her for doing her job and, and revealing the letter. Again, it's just kind of like, you know, background imagery for the main thesis of the movie that like, look at these people. Look at what they've done to white, beautiful white women. <laughs> they are just deforming them and disfiguring them. And they're doing this because they're devout Muslims. So, you know, Betty has to get out of Iran. And at this point, Hamid has introduced her to a woman who tells Betty that her brother will be able to help her get out of Iran. And these are westernized Iranians. These are not the Muslim Iranians. These are people who are really sad about the fact that the revolution has Islamized society. They dress in in American ways. Uh, the woman the, is that Betty is introduced to is beautiful. Um, you know, kind of looks like a pre-revolutionary figure of a woman. And the brother is, of course, wearing a tie, as as all of these characters were sympathetic. And the woman to there takes off her headscarf. The so. woman takes off her headscarf. Yeah. 
Yeah. So at this point, Betty really starts to put plans into action for getting out of Iran. Originally, it seemed like, you know, they were going to leave through the South, but for whatever reason, things get complicated. What we learn later is that six months pass. Presumably, they're still discussing the details of the plan. But at this point, Moody has gotten a job at a hospital. Betty works in his office. He also has a private practice. She's very domesticated, still, though, playing this long game because she's carefully plotting her escape with her daughter. We also learned that Betty's father is very sick in the United States. And she's talking to her mother one day. Moody has softened in some ways, not many ways, but in some ways where he's gotten comfortable. Yeah, where Betty can now make phone calls, basically. Yeah. Betty's father is sick, and Moody says to her that she can go. Originally, he gives her the impression that they're all going to go back to the United States. So, you know, she has this moment of ecstasy where she's like, oh, my God, mom, we're coming back. And then they go there at dinner later that night, the two of them eating. And Moody tells her that he can't go because he he has work to do at the hospital. And she says, well, is it can I take math top then? And he says, no. And he gets very upset after she says Uh that she will not be leaving with with her daughter. And he's like, you know, listen, bitch, I'm being very accommodating here. So don't test me. And he already has kind of made the arrangements for her to leave. And, you know, it turns out when Betty later talks to the woman from the Swiss embassy that this is likely his plan to get rid of her, which kind of like negates the whole thesis of the movie that... This is how Iranian men uh, entrap white women. You know, it seems like he's actively trying to get rid of her, but keep the daughter. But he's not like also like unfaithful to her at any point throughout the film, which like, you know, was kind of strange. Like if I'd consulted on this movie as someone who was going to make it more racist, I would have been like, oh, you got to give him like, you know, five wives. Oh, no, that would be hilarious. But no, that's not what happens in this movie. So what happens next, Abby? So the problem is that she is making a plan to to leave through the the Persian Gulf or like something like get on a ship to go to like the Emirates or something. And the problem is that because her dad is sick and Moody is telling her to leave at a certain time, he's giving her the the ticket. Uh, she can't stay long enough to to get or to go. The other option was to go through uh, Pakistan. So those are like the more the, the easier options. Unfortunately for her. The film says she has to take the most physically demanding route, which is go through the uh, the Zagros Mountains that are dividing yes. Iran from Turkey. Yeah, the northwest of Iran, which I don't know. Maybe it's even during the winter. It's absurd. Like there, this is another thing. I'm not yeah, sure she really did this. She doesn't seem to be a hiker. Uh, I mean, maybe somebody just drove her over there. But the way this movie makes it seem is that she was like horse riding there. She was like she was getting there like through rough terrain. And right. I'm not sure that that happened. Admittedly, we didn't read the book, so maybe there are a lot of details in the book about hiking. Oh, yes. Maybe in, the, in her background, she's a masterful hiker. Uh, oh, but before we get there, just how does she escape the house? Moody goes to work one day, and yes. she notices that all the family, the Khomeini is, is making a speech on TV, <laughs> and they're all so distracted by seeing Khomeini that right. they don't notice that she left the house. Like, that's that's her escape. They're just, they just go yeah. into a fervor when they see yeah. which is pretty funny. That's what happens to me when I see Persian breakfast, by the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then she gets in a car. She, the good Iranians, the Americanized Iranians. And she drives, uh, she gets driven quite a way until she reaches a Kurdish area and some Kurds help her out. And for some reason, even one of these guys is an asshole. Like they're, they're helping her. One of them in the middle of the night tries to rape her. Right. And then the other one is like, that kicks him out. And so it's showing that maybe at least 50% of Kurds are good. Persians, like maybe like 2% of them are okay. Kurds are, you know, it's a coin flip whether a Kurd is going to be good or not. She gets to the Turkish border. It's the end of the movie. And suddenly there's Latin script, which is a good sign. It's no more of this bad handwriting. And there's an American flag and happy music plays, like the music from the beginning. And everybody lives happily ever after. Right. And we we never uh, find out what happened to Moody. I don't know. It would be actually interesting to look into a story and see if it's still around. Maybe we could bring him on the pod. Well, actually, Moody is dead, but... He is? Yes. I I think he died uh, probably within the last decade or two. Oh, I didn't know that. That's tragic. Condolences to his family. Not his entire family, though. Just his Iranian side. 
But what happens in his, his life is someone actually made a documentary about him. And it's very, it's a very interesting, it's on YouTube. It's called uh, Without My Daughter. Uh, I just skimmed through it. And, and there's a few observations in the, in the movie. One of the first observations I made is that nobody really looks religious in, in the movie. And the thing with Iranians is you can pretty quickly tell, like, especially women, how how religious they are. Uh, so the, the woman that that is Betty's Iranian friend, or sorry, American friend in Iran, who marries a, also married an Iranian man, she's uh, interviewed in the movie and she doesn't look religious at all. Like she's not wearing her headscarf tight. She's wearing makeup. She has a daughter in the movie who doesn't even wear a hijab and the way they get around. Because in, in, in Iran, if you want to be on TV as a woman, you have to wear a hijab. So I assume that this woman wouldn't even wear one if she didn't have to. And her daughter doesn't wear one. And the way they get around that is by just showing her silhouette. So she has a daughter who's not even religious. And she says that none of this is how it went down. She She's the one who actually gave me the, the thought that maybe she didn't climb the mountains. Her friend says that she probably just took the route through the Gulf, you know, and got a plane ride or, you know, a ship or something. <laughs> and they just had to make it more exciting for the book. And and then they interview uh, Moody. I'm not going to say one way or the other whether he was a, a good or bad husband. I don't know if he beat her or not. Uh, I'm sure that the relationship was not like it was in the movie because no relationship is like this is complete fantasy. But it's possible that he was a bad husband. Certainly he misled her, I'm sure. Uh, if, if, he, if she knew that he was going to take try to keep the daughter in there, he probably wouldn't have probably wouldn't have gone at all. But I mean, it's also like understandable that a man who identifies with being Iranian would want to raise his daughter in Iran. Of course, yes. it's horrifying as a, an American, but like, let's imagine he was an Italian or something, right? Like, right. as the actor is. Like, you, you wouldn't be so horrified for an Italian man to be like, oh, I want to go back home to raise my child, right? The only reason yeah. it's so horrifying is because it's Iran and Iran is bad and Islam is bad, right? And yeah. uh, we, we, the movie doesn't try to see things through his perspective. Uh, there's the, the entire uh, the tension in the documentary is that he's trying to reach his daughter because they haven't talked they might have talked once since she since she left and he's getting old and he's like, am I ever going to talk to my daughter again? He tries to call uh, at one point. The real life Betty picks up the phone. She says hello. Then he hear, she hears his voice and he uh, says hello again and she just hangs up on him and he's very sad. And like, okay, even if you don't think he's a, it's a good guy, like you can see he's a human, like he's a human being yeah. in, in this documentary. And that's not presented in the movie at all. He's just a zombie. He's a uh, jihadist. Right. That's really sad. It is sad. I mean, of course, it, it, it's sad. Like, it, it might not even be anybody's, you know, fault completely. But it's it's right. it's a sad situation. You know, a man and a woman divorced and, and, the, and the daughter never saw the father again. And that's sad. And But that's not how it's portrayed. It's portrayed as amazing. They got out. Everything's great. Because there's an American flag. It's a very shallow movie. Yeah. It's so shallow that Roger Ebert called it racist. Maybe we'll include a clip from the Ebert review here because he he thinks this is a movie about Arabs. He made a he made a slip. He didn't really he doesn't really know the difference. Maybe it's only a coincidence, or maybe it's more than that. That the movie that has the strongest anti-Arab bias of any film I've ever seen is opening just now when tensions are mounting in the Middle East. The movie got both the movie and the book. I was doing a little bit of reading. They got re a lot of really positive press at the time of the the release. Their Spiegel called Betty Mahmoudi pure West. They wrote about her. She's brave, wise at the right time, crying at the oh humiliation and cold-blooded only when necessary. Her husband <laughs> is the dark mystery who's changed from American into <laughs> Iranian, resembles the change from Dr. Jekyll into Mr. Hyde. Wow. What an incredible literary reference. I know. The Germans, they're so sophisticated. Well, they, the the Germans, look, they had to like the movie because it was made in Israel, right? They're, they're atoning for their sins. Yeah, that's true. Good point. But uh, but yeah, I, you know, the movie is definitely worth a watch. I, you know, I can't recommend it. If enough you're Iranian, me. I would definitely say you should watch this movie. If you're Muslim, you should watch this movie just just for the absurdity of it. And if you're American, you should watch it with me. If you're especially an American woman who's white, you should definitely watch it with me. And I'll explain to you all the twists and turns. And, and then you'll make her Persian breakfast in the morning. I think it's a, it's a good watch. And perhaps this would be an appropriate place for us to, to wrap this long first episode up. I think this has been a really good conversation. I've, I've enjoyed it. I don't know. Do you have anything to say in closing? Uh, no, just uh, thanks for listening. And uh, hopefully we'll do this again. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Ali, and yeah, all right, bye. 
Just follow me.